Good morning to each of you and greetings in Jesus' name. I invite you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18. The title of the message this morning is As Clay in the Hands of a Potter. Jeremiah chapter 18. Starting in verse 1, says, The word of the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. As we look at these verses, we see God telling Jeremiah to go, go to this potter's house, and he would cause him to hear his words, the word of the Lord. And when Jeremiah went there, he saw what the potter was doing. He saw the works of the potter's hand. He saw the vessel that was formed. And it says that this vessel was marred in the hand of the potter. And you know, as we think about these verses, you know, I tend to think about us as beings. And yet we are, God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and yet we are imperfect beings. And I don't say that in meaning that God doesn't know what he's doing No, far from that. I mean that we are a work in progress. One step at a time, one day at a time, one experience at a time, we are being perfected by the perfect potter. I want you to turn with me, if you will, back to Genesis just a bit. Genesis chapter 3. We know from the creation account that man was created in the image of God, a perfect being. And yet we also know that in that beautiful garden, this perfect creature became marred. And it wasn't that he was marred in the hands of God, but he was marred. And we see here in verse 6 of chapter 3, it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. We see by this very act that they were marred by sin. They were marred by the sin of the beautiful fruit, the lust of that fruit. They were marred by the enticement of making one wise. And then they were marred by the sin of disobedience, separation from God. And we know from Scripture that sin has ever been our lot in life since this event. 
Romans 12, I'm sorry, Romans 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for all that all have sinned. We are a part of that sin-cursed world because of this very act of this one man in the, in the beginning, in this garden, where this pottery was marred by sin. Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We have this sin nature. And there's not a thing that we can do with it, do about it, because we are born with this sin nature. And we don't have to teach our children to be ugly to one another, to be unkind to one another, as Benjamin was sharing this morning, we don't have to teach them those negative things because it is by our nature, this sin-cursed world that we live in, by the nature that we have within our being, from this very choice that we are cursed with this need for a Savior. I brought some things along today. This was a some good old red clay. Benjamin brought this back from the farm for me today. We have a bank of red clay down there behind the one poultry house, and it is really good stuff. It's fairly clean, but as you can see, there are some clumps, some larger pieces. There's some small rocks. There's even some, maybe some organic material in this. but it's good clay. And if you use this clay in a correct manner, you can make an extremely good base for building, for anything else. However, this clay does have impurities in it. And in order to make this clay into a workable material, specifically for pottery, I did a little research one of the processes for making this clay into a usable product is to completely dry it out, to, lay, to smooth it out, to dry it out, and then to take these larger particles and with a rock or a stone or some other type of tool, beat those into a fine powder or dust. And most of this is fairly good fine powder or dust. Another method that you use is to take water, and I'm not going to do that here, but to take this water and to mix it up with this clay and then to make like a slurry, a very wet, murky stuff that you see running down the road sometimes when you pass a construction site, when it's raining like this, you see that running down the road 
a little bit of a slurry. And the lighter sediments are flowing, the heavier sediments are settled out, and then running this slurry through a screen to filter out the larger particles. But either way, whether you grind it to powder or whether you take this clay and make a slurry, it takes work to make this clay into something usable, a usable product. And each one of us are just like this clay. And I spoke about this nature that we have. We are born with this nature of impurities, rocks, stones, organic material, and I'm using that as an example, but we have these impurities of sin and we need to be ground or sifted to get rid of these impurities. After this clay is ground or sifted, it has some things added to make it a little more workable. And I did this this morning because this is what I started out with. This very dry, dusty stuff. I went through and got some of the most fine powder and then I mixed it into a ball of clay. Now you can use this clay and you don't want to get it between your fingers because it really gets sticky. And I know that if you've ever worked on a construction crew, you know what it's like to walk in clay like this because it doesn't just stick just a little, but it adds up more and more because you're stepping in to this loose material. But if you were to take this clay and form it, you could come up with something like this. This was just like this this morning. And this is a very imperfect piece of pottery. I've never taken a pottery class. I've always wanted to take a pottery class, but I haven't gotten there yet. But you go from dust and dirt to a ball of clay, to something that is formed with your hands. And it's not anything fancy. But after the clay is molded and shaped, after this clay is molded, It's need to be set, set out to dry. And again, I'm not a potter, but you know you do learn things as you study. Each step of the way, something is added. In this, we have basically pure dirt. In this, we have clay and water. And as I was reading, they were saying that some other things that may, may need to be added are sand so that it helps it to dry in a more uniform manner so that it doesn't come and crack all to pieces so that it dries evenly. 
and then after this thing is completely dried, then there are other steps that you need to follow. But each step brings this dirt, this lump of clay, this started piece of pottery. Each step brings this just a little closer to the finished product. Growing up in Christian homes, most of us have had that experience. Not everyone has. But growing up in Christian homes, our parents start this process with love and discipline, teaching us, as Benjamin shared this morning, to be kind, to be honest, to play nice, to obey, to worship God, and many other disciplines. In Colossians 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. In Deuteronomy, it says that we need to have it first as parents. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is, I'm sorry, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And each of these additives, each of this molding, continues in our lives. You know, we don't start out as a big pile of dirt. We start out as a created being, delivered into the hands of our parents. And our parents responsible, or we as parents being responsible to guide, to direct, to train, to discipline, to love, to show God in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes. And these additives, this molding continues. As we grow up, as we go to school, as we interact with other people, other children, as we interact with our church people, and even in our communities, as we get to the age of accountability, we need to be listening for the voice of God. And hopefully when we hear that voice, we can respond in a positive way. Psalm 119 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Are we allowing God to illuminate our path? In the book of Acts, chapter 2, When the Holy Spirit had come upon the disciples, Peter preached to the crowd. In Acts chapter 2, it says, after he had preached a mighty sermon, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of, of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Are we allowing God to take this dirt, 
these impurities that we have? Are we allowing him to take this lump of clay, our being, and mold and make us? Are we allowing that spirit to speak to our hearts, to prick our hearts? Are we even open to the Holy Spirit leading us in truth? You know, as, G- as Jeremiah, as God said to Jeremiah in the very beginning text that I read, God is calling each one of us. And it says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Well, guess what? We are in the potter's house. God's word is speaking to us today. We are here to hear his voice. We are here to hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? Are we allowing God to form us into something that can be useful for his glory? Now, as I was reading and studying about pottery, after referring to this text, after this vessel is formed and completely dried, and this is not completely dried, it takes like several days to a week for these things to completely dry. After it's completely dried, then this is taken and trimmed, getting rid of all of the sharp edges. And they say that normally you use some type of a knife or scraper to just scrape over some of the rough edges to knock those off. Because if fired with some of those sharp edges, some of those sharp edges can be as sharp as a knife. But then after the sharp edges are scraped off, then they take this, they call it greenware, they take this and carefully sponge it off or wipe it off with a cloth so that it totally smooths all of the edges, all of the sharp points, and makes it smooth in every aspect. They call it softening the peace. And we've heard that old adage that they have a few rough edges. Well, I think all of us are somewhat like that. We have a few rough edges, and life experiences tend to help rough off those rough edges as we interact with people, as we get our feathers trimmed, as we mature these rough edges are somewhat sponged off or wiped away. Proverbs 27, verse 17, it carries kind of the same meaning. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And I know that you visited a riverbed and you see all of those sandstones or rocks in that riverbed and you don't see square edges in that riverbed. You don't see rocks with square edges. You see rocks that are rounded and smooth. Not everyone is perfectly round, but they are rounded and smooth because of that rolling, that tumbling, that hitting each other, knocking off those rough edges. 
And we need that in life. We live, we learn, and hopefully we can pass on our knowledge and experiences to help and encourage one another. Life is a work in progress, and we get those rough edges knocked off or sponged off or however you want to say it. After this piece is trimmed and sponged, after this, tree, this piece is smoothed, it is fired. And I was amazed at how hot the kiln is heated. But the kiln is heated to approximately 1,800 degrees. And this piece of pottery goes through an excessive heated process of curing, of firing. And for each one of us, we have times in life where we feel we are put to the test. We know that God knows. We know that God sees, and we reflect on the children of Israel. When they were in bondage, they cried out to the Lord, and He heard their cries. The same God that heard their cries can hear ours as well. In James chapter 1, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And skipping down to verse 12, it said, Blessed is that man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Have you faced some trying times in life? Has your faith been tested? Have you been through the fire that will not only continue to dry this out, chemical reaction, but it will also harden and purify and make this vessel a vessel that is more usable, more, more able to be used. Revelation 3. Verse 18, it says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. This means that the gold, and I'm not speaking of pottery here, but this gold means that the dross is taken off. The impurities are taken out. And you know, if you were to take this piece after it were fired and you would smash it, you would still see small particles and imperfections within this pottery itself. But God is the perfect potter. And I counsel thee, he says, to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, 
Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and I will sup with him and he with me. And to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am sit down, set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the, unto the churches. As God spoke to Jeremiah, go to the potter's house and listen to what I have to say to you. God is saying that in this very building today. Can you hear me? Can you hear what he is saying to you? God is the master potter. And he can take this old lump of clay. He can take this dry, dusty dirt. And he can put those additives in there. And then he can form that being. He can grind it and sift it and rid it of the impurities. And then he can have something that is good that he can mold into a usable vessel. And we all know that God uses people and experiences to roll us down that river, to make us smoothed out, to face that fire. He uses people and experiences to perfect us, to make us into a usable, usable vessel. And then he says, I will reward you. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a, in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. These are not my creations. But these are shaped creations. In the hand of a potter that knew what they were doing. This one isn't extremely fancy, but it serves a vital purpose. This one is another work created in the hands of a potter, decorated to the eye of the Creator. A use. This one as well, quite different from these. And yet a very usable vessel, created in the mind and by the hands of the potter. Each one of you, this is me, just an old lump that God is still refining. And I don't know where you are in the process, but I doubt if any of you all are completely finished and refined. We are somewhere along the way 
in our process of being refined by the master potter. And as we are faithful, it says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. And not only to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So may we, as clay in the potter's hand, wherever we are in the process of God working with us, allow ourselves to be molded by the master potter for his glory into the image of his son and our savior. Lord bless you.